0: Of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC podcast, episode number 401. Andrew with you once again. I am joined as always by Derek, you know, in the forum as Deeper Three. Happy birthday, Derek.
1: Oh, I'm happy uh, happy to be here. And I just reached the same age as Carmelo Anthony. So, how about that? And he's still playing in the NBA. I say, I always say that I'll consider myself old if when I reach the age where professional athletes exited their profession like certain ones like if i if i remember correctly well first off tom brady is playing quarterback in the nfl and he's 43 years old right so i'm definitely not in my 40s yet so if he's able to do that at his age and play professional football then i can't consider 43 old right exactly I mean that just makes sense and then i believe it was yamir yager for the nhl that played until he was like 49 or something into his late 40s in the nhl so i mean i can't really consider myself that old if there's a guy playing professional hockey or played professional hockey up into his late 40s so um yeah that's uh makes me feel a little bit better about my age i guess.
0: I may be wrong about this because hockey's not my sport, but I believe uh, the great Gordie Howe made a comeback at, at some point, and I think ended up playing in something like five or six different decades. So I think he, even in his sixties, I think he made like a, a, a once-off comeback, something like that. And uh, so yeah, so the age just keeps going up. But I do like that the idea that uh, as as long as there are professional athletes that are playing at that age, it it can't be too old. And all of that being said, the the day that. Uh, the Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James, of course, drafted in that class of 2003. Uh, I mean, obviously that was the year that you and I uh, were out of high school. And when I was actually making roster updates, where I was making players like them that have date of birth, 1984, uh, that's when I started to realize, oh, I'm not quite a kid anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was just looking up
1: Carmelo Anthony's birthday and it was like May, 1984. I want to say something like that. Um, also, just a couple other notables. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Nancy Lieberman played a WNBA game in her early 50s.
0: She did, Remember yes. that? Set a record. Yeah.
1: And then Roger Federer is, I want to say, about 40 right now. And he's still been winning tournaments um, and won a recent Grand Slam and everything. So, yeah, um, I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, it shows that you're at an age where you can still compete at the highest levels even in athletics and whatnot, and just kind of be your best physical self and whatnot. So um, I think it's just a good way to have a positive outlook on, you know, having just another birthday. Um, I did want to bring up something, though. I was talking to you about it a little bit before the call. So Parsec games are still alive and well, as you know, on Discord, right? That's right. And I had Arbat, his name is Arbat33, uh, join the Discord, and he reached out to me. And he said, hey, you know, can I try NBA 2K22 for the PC? Can I try it before I buy it? Because I want to make sure that, you know, it'll be a sound decision to purchase this and whatnot. And I said, sure. And a couple of days later, we got together. Um, I was the host. He connected with me. He had no lag. Everything was working great. Like he had the meter on and he was shooting jump shots and all of that stuff. So you get into this game and I can tell he's not used to the to the new controls um like he's not really used to the right stick dribbling and and all of that stuff and he's 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 getting better throughout the game but you can tell it's kind of an adjustment so we played actually a full game against each other and we got done and he told me that he that is the first nba 2k game that he had played since the one with kobe on the cover which is nba 2k 10 and he said that he was monumentally disappointed in 2k22 for the pc he thought they would have made more strides and it sounded like he really just didn't enjoy himself with the game and it got me thinking about so many conversations we've had on this nlsc podcast talking about how the newer games just do not give a great first impression and a lot of that just has to do with the feel of the game and you know, all the canned animations and, you know, you the hunched over running in some of the recent games and, you know, all the sliding and the lack of control and, and um, you know, the speed momentum issues, you know, the the pace on default sliders. It just does not give a strong first impression. And if you've been away and you know this, if you've been away from these games for a significant amount of time and you jump into one of the new games you can be like okay listen this game is not as good as a game that i played a decade or more ago so i just thought that was pretty telling his impression from playing it and he's not buying it
0: i mean a lot has changed and it's it's a lot to take in all of the changes to dribbling to the offensive controls of course you go back to the that 2K10 2K11 era uh, even doing something simple like posting up and or spinning out of the post is done very differently to to modern gaming, which is very reliant on the right stick, of course. But even so, yeah, I, I'm not that surprised by it. I'd be more surprised if he said something like 2K14, well, of course, the PC version of 2K14 is the same as the uh, the general version, what was then prior gen version, of course. If he said it about... 15 16 17 I would I would probably disagree and say well that it has made some strides in certain key areas to that point but we have seen that regression in in uh, recent years and experimentation with mechanics that aren't as good I mean I I started my 2K22 uh, my NBA and I had a I did enjoy the game uh, that's next gen of course not PC I I enjoyed it but once again I ran into what we talked about last week the uh that uh, that gosh darn alleyoop meter Derek and I, I had this, uh, you know, visions of sending you this great highlight of this uh, alley to to Zach Levine for a reverse dunk. And thanks to the uh, the timer, I blew that dunk. And so that will not be making the top ten. I should have saved it for the top ten uh, uh, bloopers, perhaps. But mechanics like that, we've seen the game make some improvements here and there, but also regress in other areas. And I'm not I'm not surprised. And of course, that is next gen. That is not on the. The, the meter is not on, on current gen on, PC, on the PC port, but even so, the feel is, is just not there. I don't hate 2K22 for PC, but it, it's definitely not the strongest release in the series either. It's better than 2K21, that's kind of a low bar. It's better than 2K18, that's a very low bar. But coming from 2K10, it's a lot to get used to, and yeah, I, I understand where he's coming from.
1: I actually enjoy 2K18 more than I do 2K22 uh, PC, just to give, give you a heads up. Um, but that, you know, that alley-oop meter and that dunk meter that you can't turn off and the other frustrating aspects of it. You know, Teddy Bear the Gamer, actually, um, we were talking in IM, and you remember we talked about last week how he was frustrated with the alley-oop and, sh- um, and dunk meter. He said to me that he went and started playing NBA 2K22 on the Xbox One, and that's better for him. And so he's he's putting some highlights together, and he'll be sending those off to me. Um, that turned him off from the next gen version. The fact that you can't turn that mechanic off and and, and you know the way the mechanic works, and it's not you know user friendly in any in, in any way, and it doesn't represent any real skill gap either so um yeah it is, it is quite telling I am curious. so for your um, my NBA, what level are you playing it on?
0: Um, I think it's on All Stars I get used to it again because I haven't been playing for a while
1: boot it up to Hall of Fame and get ready to throw your controller. (laughs) Like I said, we win, we win, but my brother and I win. We'll play on Hall of Fame against computer, either on the same team or I'll play against them. In fact, I even posted a video of me doing this and we win, but oh my God, it is just a constant frustration when you play on those higher levels. It is constant trying to dodge the minefield of, Um, major gameplay issues like the sucking into other players and um, you know, warping into other players under the hoop and um, the just the skating and the picking up the dribble in the face up and all of that stuff. Like when you play it on the higher levels, when you start trying to play it on like hall of fame and whatnot, you're going to want to throw your controller because you find yourself getting more frustrated and trying to dodge the minefield of issues more than you are actually like on the sticks enjoying the game so but yeah no i think first impression is very important and i think it's where nba live has failed with their demos often in some you know recent demos over the last 10 years and i don't think that the new games give a strong first impression you know the the new nba 2k games
0: I don't think so either, I, and there's there's multiple layers to that. There are the new mechanics and changing, chopping and changing things that don't need to be changed each and every year. There's how they've tuned the game because they have a certain vision for it, and of course that still changes post-release. I know they've said in recent years that they don't want to change the game too much after release. With that being said, it is obviously happening. We're seeing some, uh, some comments about that recently, actually. And of course, it depends on the mode you're playing as well. And with with my career, for example, and this is something that's uh, it really well. It's pushing the recurrent review mechanics, and I know obviously we talk about that a lot. But when you get throttled back from your souped up ninety plus overall player that you built up in the last, in the previous year's game, and you're throttled back to bare minimum, you're trying to, gr- especially if you are trying to grind and and not pay to get those immediate upgrades, or you don't buy the special edition, which will still only get you to about eighty five overall as I mentioned in my article earlier this year, if that, then it, it takes you back and then you're trying to do the things that you were doing last year with a player that's, that's down to, well, not, not back to zero, it might as well be, zero overall. And, you know, Derek, if they really want to make a skill gap, if they, want to, if they want the game to be about a skill gap, have normalized ratings for your online avatar. Get rid of microtransactions. Get rid of grinding up a player. Make it about pure stick skills with normalized ratings,
1: and yeah, but then they wouldn't make the money. They would have people spending less time on the game, and there'd be no place for the gambling mechanics.
0: Exactly, that's the point, and that's why everybody says about skill gap. Oh, we have a skill gap because we have an alea meter. No, because we've got, as you've said on many occasions, boosts, badges, and obviously recurrent review mechanics where people are at different levels if they are grinding or paying for the immediate boost and whatnot, and then you've got mechanics that are based on animations essentially a quick time event with the alley meter things like that there is no skill gap if they if they wanted to make it about a skill gap they would do what rocket league has done which is where you don't have to level up a player but they don't and they won't
1: let me bring this up let me bring this up really quick so there is no real skill gap when when you load your player up with artificial boosts it doesn't matter how good you are at the game you can score 60 points sure there's no skill gap there, and that's the way it is. You've shown me the videos. I've seen it. I've seen people post it where all they're doing is cheesing the dribble because they have dribble badges, and and then they also have shooting badges, and they're just pulling up from 35 feet. They're just pulling up from 40 feet. They're just taking the worst shots ever, not playing real basketball, and putting up 50-plus points. That's not skill gap. That's artificial boosting. That means that anybody who puts in the money – there's the money again – you know. To get their player up to that level or takes their entire life away to just grind in order to get up to that level um, doesn't have to be better than you at the game. They just need to have more boosts that allow them to cheese the game. Right. So that's not that's not true skill gap. And that mechanic we talked about with the shot meter and excuse me, with the um, dunk and alley meter. that's not true skill gap. And I also wanted to make a point too. our bad is not the first experience with that. The other gentleman who I think ended up buying it on sale seven Oh seven, who you're familiar with from the NBA two K 17 section. And he's um, pretty active as far as like playing the games and whatnot. We're friends on steam and I see him putting them on. So seven Oh seven, he did the same thing. He said, Hey, you know, you have NBA two K 22 for the PC. Let's try it out. I don't own it yet. Uh, By the way, Parsec is just great for this. How great is that? Oh, sure. You can just try the game. And we played two games. Uh, We played with regular teams. Then we played with classic teams. I was using the 98-99 Knicks, and he was using the 96-97 Heat. And we got through two games, and he was disappointed. He goes, this game is not improved, in my opinion, and you know at the time he said he was going to hold off and everything so again not a good first impression for him either and this is a little bit of a different situation this is somebody who has played the recent games right like 2k21 and whatnot so i mean i get more people who are just monumentally disappointed when they first pick up the sticks on this game than people who praise it
0: no we're seeing it more we're seeing it in the user scores that we've talked about before we see it on the comments on reddit and social media our forum operations sports whatever and it's a shame the apologists continue to dismiss that constructive criticism and, and concerns and say that you just need to get good that that it's just you need to get used to the mechanics because as we've discussed before some mechanics are not a good idea i'm still surprised that they haven't made any changes to that elliot meter or patched it out of the game i still think it's going to be one of those things that gets dropped in 2k23 but we will see i will say this though I've not been playing a lot of my team. I've I played a little bit of it at the beginning of the year. I've taken a bit of a break from it, and I've not really played much of my career at all. J- just enough to get a bit of a taste and see how things are with the story and the mechanics and the the grinding this year and whatnot, just to be able to to speak on it. But I'm really enjoying playing just just playing basketball with the with with, with real teams with my nba That was very refreshing and I can see that's probably going to be the mode that I play the most of this year finally after years of wanting to get back into it and it really emphasizes to me just how much I was working to have fun in previous games and my team I'm set up to have some fun with it here and there I've got Michael Jordan card on PC and PS4 slash PS5 because those are connected of course so I can have some fun with that I'm not really that bothered of building up a huge collection or doing the daily bonus or anything. It is a great idea to do that if you're really getting into my team to punch in every locker code you can and to, to be on that grind. It's it's what you need to do. But I'm kind of sick of that. I just want to jump on and play and enjoy virtual basketball. And whether it's been my NBA in 2K22 as I played this evening, or playing some Live 06, which I've obviously been doing lately, or, or Live 10 or 2K14 recently as well. I'm just enjoying that. I'm enjoying not having to, to work and to worry about building up virtual currency and other in-game currencies and tokens and mt and everything else you know it's maybe i'm getting too old derek and i'm getting this is too much uh this is too complicated for me to have so many in-game currencies but no i don't think so i I think it's just too much of a grind i just want to have some fun with games and it's getting to the point where you have to to work and and to budget and to to do too much non-basketball things and and that i don't find that fun anymore
1: I think it has everything to do with age. I think a lot of young, the younger crowd is frustrated with this as well, and I see a lot of complaints from the younger crowd about the grind and about how the pressure to spend money and the pressure to you know get all of these artificial boosts and, and be able to up your rating and everything in order to be, to compete. So I don't think it's just to do do that with that. But you know, you know, we we're busier. You know, we both have you know our full time jobs and whatnot, and um, we don't have the patience to do it. Or interest to do it either, and that's that's perfectly understandable. I, I will I will just say this: keep it on All Star. I would play All Star for that entire my NBA, and I'm all about turning it up to the highest difficulty because I hate like feeling like I'm backing away from a challenge. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm beating the computer, but it's on a lower level. Yeah. But at the same time, when the mechanics are so faulty, when you up the level and there's more frustration than enjoyment, I think that's time. Ta- that's the time when you back down. That's the time when you change it and change your ways uh, you know for for us where uh, I told you this before the call my brother and I are 67 games into our my NBA we won our 67th game last night um, against the hornets again this is just a legends my NBA on Hall of Fame now we'll play here's the difference we'll play our my NBA on the hardest level with legends why because all that we're doing throughout the entire season we know we're going to win every game but what we're doing is we're trying to reach stat goals and make highlights throughout the whole season. So it's not like a truly competitive situation. And we're not using real teams. We're using just like the greatest players of all time and whatnot. So um, we got our money's worth based on even just this MyNBA. Because like I said, 67 games in on all 12-minute quarters. That's a lot of time spent on the game. H- have I thought about dabbling in a MyNBA like you are and actually using a regular team? I've thought about it. I just can't find the, the time and, and energy to do the My NBA um, in NBA 2K22. I just have too much going on, you know, between the co op seasons with both of my brothers on various games and, and you and I connecting on Parsec on NBA Live 06 and whatnot and our On Fire Edition road trip and the, um, you know, connecting with other people on Parsec and my full time job and everything. Um, I just don't have the time. To put in to doing a My NBA. Now, the other portion of that, too, is excuse me, My NBA on 2K22. The other thing with that, too, is I'm incredibly stubborn. And if I'm playing against the computer, I want the stats to look somewhat realistic. And I would want to play 12 minute quarters. Like I wouldn't want to cut quarters, right? Exactly. So, one game of NBA 2K22, My NBA for me, would be, you know, well over an hour to play it, just to play the the base game so um the time commitment to try to even finish a my nba against computer would be well over a hundred hours and i just don't i don't think i have that time
0: no it is time consuming and you're right as we get older our priorities change and obviously you and i still love basketball games we don't plan on not playing basketball games anytime soon but you still have to to ration your time to set aside time especially when you do like to play 12 minute quarters as we do and at the moment that is something i'm looking at doing with my with my season i'm probably going to simulate here and there which uh, traditionally i've never liked doing that I, I prided myself on playing every game 12 minute quarters but i'm um, this year to get through a season or maybe a few seasons i might simulate here and there some some matchups that
1: no, you could you're kidding me don't do that now, make
0: time well i'll see i'll see how i go uh, because i do prime <laughs> myself I, I prime myself on doing it but at the same time the regular season is long uh, i do like the ride I, and that's one of the things that always uh perplexes me about real life actually people saying the regular season is boring it's, it is a fun roller coaster but but here and there i i may i may it's it's one of those things i've considered i'll see how i go i say that now i if i get through the season I'll, <laughs> i may well play every single game but but that is how i, I like to play obviously and how i have uh, traditionally played in the past but it really is refreshing not having to worry about grinding up a player. And, and that was fun at first, and it kind of gets addictive. And, and I've really realized how addictive it can be to hit that 90 overall. And of course, although I've never given in to the... Well, I, I have paid here and there for, for boosts many years ago. I have sometimes with my team not spent a lot on it. Probably no more than 20 bucks in all the years that I've played my team. Which is still $20 more than I would have liked to have spent, but nevertheless so i've avoided those uh, i've basically got no money spent for many years now and the first couple of times you can take some pride in that and but but you do fall victim to oh look can i level up and here's my rewards for getting to this level and and i'm able to see the bells and whistles when i get to a new level and get and get the new rewards that you unlock on the road to 99 or when you get up to a certain my rep level etc depending on the reward system in the different games and after this many years of doing that, and of course also now that I'm not playing with people online and I've not even really want to get on there with randoms, definitely don't want to get there on randoms with in the rack anymore, I really have no incentive to, to get on that grind. That when I was enjoying playing with the guys with, with NLC Thrillho and 2K Pro-Am, there was incentive to at least enjoy that grind or even consider chucking a few bucks at it in 2K17 as I did to speed up the process. Not anymore. So I'd much, much rather play uh, my NBA or other games such as the cop season. We're looking to, to get into in, in six that we mentioned last week.
1: Well, there's two things. One, um, instead of simulating, just to go back to that really quick, I would rather just so I played every game and took part in the whole process, I would rather do a 29 game season at that point and say, you know what? I took part in the entire season and, um, went played through the playoffs because a 29 game season is far more um, attainable for somebody short on time than 82 games. And then you don't have to worry about simulating and getting losses that the computer just decided you were going to lose. Right. So like that's just that's my opinion on that. I I did want to point something out to my brother and you may feel this way as well. My brother and I were talking about this last night as we finished like our 67th game in my NBA. Doesn't it feel like the game's been out for like eight months? It, does. it is unbelievable that NBA Two K twenty two has only been out for a couple months, and it just feels like it's been out forever. It's just wild to us, both of us. We were like, "I can't believe that it's only the beginning of November here," <laughs> and it feels like Two K twenty two K Two K twenty two has been out forever. And we were, you know, one of the things that I proposed as is, is a reason for that feeling is because in many ways it just feels like an extension of nba 2k 21 right um because the graphics are so similar and the gameplay is still so similar to nba 2k 21 that it almost just feels like we went on a continued cycle so i don't know if that's the reason or what but yeah it just feels like the game has been out forever
0: it has and time feeling very weird as we get older i suppose (laughs) as as, as something to do with it uh as, as far as 29 games that's something else I could do. I've already started the season, and I I kind of want to keep going with uh, with that. But then I'd feel like oh, it's only twenty nine games instead of the regulation eighty two. I think either way, I'd feel a bit uncomfortable with it. So I, I have to, I'll have to make my peace with one or the other, and we'll we'll see which one ends up uh coming to uh, to fruition in uh, in that respect. I mean, I, I could also play shorter quarters and normalize the stats which there is that option as well so there's a few different options that I could consider whichever one I feel is uh, will satisfy my inner uh, sim head I I suppose before we move on to talk about that uh, NBA Live 06 season that we're looking to start and some of our experiences playing co-op over Parsec uh, I did want to bring up something I saw on on Reddit uh, in regards to my career which really underscores again why I'm happy to move away from it apparently there's a lot of nagging messages on the social media, the in-game social media, that if you don't change your clothes or don't have the right fit, that you have people uh, making fun of you, making fun of your fashion. And of course, they've got the the fashion shows and everything that you can be a part of as you build your brand. No, no. Are you kidding? No, they actually have this, you know, oh, this guy hasn't changed his shirt and whatever, or he's still <laughs> still wearing these outdated clothes. And and somebody brought it up on Reddit and, and was saying this. it's kind of gross how they do that. And... Kind, kind it's supposed
1: of, to get you into a virtual currency. It's supposed to get you into, you know, pressuring you into spending more. Exactly. That's just what. That,
0: exactly. Yeah. And, and this is what he. This is what this person brought up. And this was some people replied to that that thread. You know, LOL. This guy's getting pressed by, or you know, getting upset by the in-game social media and whatever. And he's saying the person's saying, "No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't feel like playing it because I find it very gross. What they're trying to do." especially to younger and more impressionable gamers who are going to go ahead and probably spend that money on their parents credit card or whatever but again it was that idea of missing the big picture that they took this little bit out of context that he said look this is kind of gross what they're doing and it really kind of undermines the experience and makes me not want to play it because it's you can see what they're trying to do as far as push these mechanics and everybody's focusing on, oh, oh, you're hurt. You know, oh, you were offended by the words. And it's like, I'm not offended. I just think it's a gross tactic.
1: No, it's pressure. It's pressure. I mean, think about it. Basically, what that put, it puts in that gamer's mind that when they show up to the court, the real people who are at the court are going to judge them on their outfit.
0: that Which happens. Right. That absolutely because happens to the pres- playground.
1: Right. Exactly. And that absolutely happens. And I've seen it so many times mentioned on, you know, social media and whatnot. So, like, real social media. So, no, I mean... That is, in a sense, bullying. It is people it in is. Virtual currency, yeah, and, and causing bullying during the gameplay. I absolutely can't stand this stuff. like this stuff just does not belong in a basketball game. i'm I was looking at somebody going through um the city, okay, and I'm looking up at the top left hand corner of their screen, and on the top left hand corner of their screen, I'm seeing quest logs. This doesn't belong in a basketball game. This doesn't g- belong in an NBA, you know, game marketed as a simulation. I'm looking up and it says, go over here to do this, go over here to do that. And I feel like I'm watching Guild Wars. Like I'm like, I'm watching like Elder Scrolls online or I'm watching like RPGs. This doesn't belong in a basketball video game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, It's going further and further away from hoop.
0: It really is. And, and again, it, it emphasizes how so many people don't look at the bigger picture with this stuff because again they're talking about they're taking it as him being offended and upset about a fictional message a message from a fictional person on a fictional in-game social media and the person was trying to get through to these people who were trying to trying to obviously score a gotcha against this person and say ha you're offended you're upset by by the game no this person was disgusted by the tactic and pointed out this is going to get kids you know this is going to lead to this and this and all the stuff that we pointed out the bullying the toxicity the push for current revenue they're saying this is what disgusts me and i kind of don't want to play this game because i can see these i'm disgusted by these tactics but of course people will twist that around to say you're upset you're pressed by the in-game social media and it shows how people will, will defend the game will make apolog- will be apologists for the game and shills for the game but also how they will miss that big picture that we love to talk about that it's it's not just about this zeroing in to to score that gotcha to make fun of somebody this is a serious issue with the games, is that, and the bigger picture is that it does affect the uh, quality of the community, the online scene, the gameplay, the whole design of the game, and people just miss that because, haha, you got offended.
1: Sometimes, I, I really do believe this, and you and I have talked about this before, I believe that a lot of those people in many cases making those comments on the major social media platforms that are backing NBA 2K. I I believe some of them, you know, work for the company. I do. I believe that there's people that um, they bring into these popular Reddit threads um, over on over onto operation sports and whatnot on the YouTube videos to basically bully people out of and discredit people bully people out of these stanzas. And um, would that surprise you at all? In 2020, in, in 2021. Absolutely not. Astro, this astro, has been proven surfing. to happen.
0: Absolutely not, yeah. It's Astro... You know, we've seen yeah, AstroTurfing exactly. by gamers, by, yeah. by by game developers, rather, and everything. Absolutely. And look, by how much I'm going on with it, they're probably, probably people might be thinking, hey, was that you, Andrew, that made the post? No, it's not. I just happen to agree with them, and I, again, haven't really been playing much of my career at all. But seeing that, it was unfortunate to see people missing the big picture, again, trying to downplay legitimate criticism. But once again, it just reinforced to me the importance of moving away from those modes to to, to seek out more fun experiences away from that and how unfo- it's unfortunate because look how i really enjoyed 2k14 my career this how how burned out i was on the micro experience went back in time to a, an older game where it was really centered around the nba there was nothing about i mean there was clothing items in 2k14 not now that the servers are offline of course but with all of that stuff gone just being able to ex- have that MBA career experience, how much I enjoyed that. I mean it it speaks volumes. So no, I'm I'm very happy to get away from that and, and play other things. And yeah, I would you had a blast before, fourteen. You I, had a blast of it. I did. But I would encourage people to that point. And again it, it can be very difficult because these modes can get addictive. You you enjoy that sense of accomplishment of leveling up to the, the next my rep level or the next overall rating. And and getting that uh, that rush of um, that dopamine rush of achievement, and of course they're trying to trigger those dopamine rushes with the way they with the presentation, the flashing lights and whatnot, and they have that in my team as well. But one final point before we move on, we talked about age, and you noted that some younger players do share our opinions. Of course, to that point, the latest community poll in the My Team Community Hub in 2K22 asks which era did your favorite NBA player play, and 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. 2000s, uh, 2010s, or now. And which one do you think actually won, Derek? I
1: would say um, 2000s um, or 2010s.
0: Yep, it's uh, that is that is correct. Uh, 2000s and 2010s is...
1: Oh, uh, well, that was, they
0: were together, yeah. So together, 2000s, yep. 2010s. Yeah. Yep, they have the most at 35.3%. Uh, second is 80s and 90s at 26.5%. Um, now, the current NBA is 24.3%. And which leaves 13.9% 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, That's interesting.
1: I love it. Um, I love it that the new NBA didn't win. I know that sounds crazy. Um, There's also a a side effect to that. Like, uh, you know, I don't want people to not enjoy the now product. But at the same time, um, I do think that the NBA product has gone downhill and things need to change. And more poll results like this um, just speak to the fact that the game, in my opinion, has declined. Um, at the NBA level and, you know, the product isn't as interesting as it once was and the athletes and personalities are not as interesting as they were. Um, I mean, oh my God, look at all the personalities from the early 2000s, Andrew. Yes. All the personalities that were in the league and the way the game was played and, and the variety and, and and whatnot on the court and off the court and everything. So, no, I, I like hearing polls like that. Um, I did want to say, though, do you know where you can't find quest logs? What is that? NBA Live 06. This is true. Just so people understand, um, like we had talked about on prior podcasts, Andrew and I are trying to start a NBA Live 06 um, Xbox 360 season uh, co-op. And uh, we we did a test game using the Orlando Magic. And we're playing this over Parsec. uh, Some more advertising for Parsec. There we go. They don't pay us, people. You know, but they could. And... (laughs) we found out while we were playing co-op on nba live 06 that there's an irritating aspect of it
0: yeah a very strange approach to the i, I remember at that time they were introducing some off-ball uh, off-ball control off-ball moves and you can make some nice uh, spins and cuts and, and jukes and fakes and whatnot with the right stick when you are controlling off-ball but there's a, a strange uh, when, when you're playing co-op there's some strange issues there as you said and the main thing is, is that when you part, when you were passing, because you were locked on, uh, you were locked on the point guard for the Magic there. And so when you passed to me, no problem. But when you passed to a player that I wasn't controlling, instead of me switching control to them, the CPU continued to control them, which would wouldn't be so bad if the AI in O six was a little bit better than it was, and would be even better if if I could just hit pass to switch to them. But when I hit pass. It calls for a pass to the player I'm currently controlling, passes to them, and switches my control to the player that's just made the pass, which is really the not the way to implement those kinds of controls with player lock and uh, and co-op play in a basketball game. So that was strange. Obviously, it's something we can work around. Um, and and if you if you icon switch, if you direct switch, as they called it in NBA Live at the time, you can switch to the player that is. The, the CPU player that is handling the ball at that time without calling for the pass and then switching for them. Again, don't know why they did it that way. But but it was a flaw. And it does emphasize the need to have the, those basic mechanics uh, working correctly, Derek. But I suppose maybe right around that time, they were looking more at people not playing cooperatively, but competitively. And maybe it's, maybe it's the, the start of that. And, and you can see, obviously, at the same time, with their season mode and, and dynasty mode, they weren't having... Uh, Co-op play in that as well. You, well, you could play co-op, but you couldn't control multiple teams. So they were really looking at either competitive or or solo play at that time with NBA Live. And I, I think ga- a lot of games over the years have made those mistakes where they haven't really catered to to be able to play them all the ways that people would or could play them.
1: My brother and I played the Live '06 PS2 version, um like I was telling you, and there is that issue does not exist for co-op, like it's perfectly sound and working the way it should. So I think it's a, it was a low priority for them in the 360 version and it wasn't implemented properly because like I said, it was a low priority. So um, I I think that the next time we try it, uh, we try without locking um, so we don't run into that problem. So, um, you know, and that might take some adjusting because, you know, if I pass to you or I think I'm passing to you and then it goes to, somebody else, uh, it might take a second for me to register that I'm using that player and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll we'll give that a try. I I think that it can be a lot of fun. Uh, We did have some really good highlights even in that first half that we played, some really good drives to the hoop. You had a couple potential top 10 plays with Grant Hill hop-stepping into the lane with two-handed dunks. I just think that NBA Live 06 for the 360 in that gen, um, they didn't prioritize local play at all, really, right? their design choices show that um and unfortunately that that you know with them that never changed like that's all the way up to live 19 where they didn't prioritize local play and you still don't have the multi-team use in the franchise mode
0: i mean that has been the the issue with nba live in many respects that they haven't done the basics right even even uh, roster editing in live 19 or there's been some weird bugs roster editing in live 19 where you Create players and everybody starts getting younger for no reason, or the save deletes itself. There's a lot of bugs like that. Just just things like basic stuff that worked fine ten, fifteen years ago, is is not not working as of NBA Live 19. And features that were in the game, and, and I know we've covered this before, but it's if NBA Live is ever to return, it needs to to do the things that that a game released in the 2020s, an NBA sim. Absolutely has to do. And for years, they've just kind of gotten by with the basics. And while 2K has just added more and more depth. Now, has 2K always done it right? No. Does 2K still have bugs and issues? Absolutely. But the depth is there. And you can still have that fun with that depth. And the issues, you can have workarounds, or sometimes they may not happen to you. They may be very specific issues. With live, you can't even get to that kind of a deep experience enough to even have those kinds of issues. The, The issue is... We can't do all the fun things we want to do in a basketball game. Live 6 we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago when we did our deep dive. It does have that depth problem. That's what started that generation out on the wrong foot. But as you said, and as we said at the time, very fun experience on the sticks. It worked very well uh, co-op-wise, especially once we started getting the off-ball controls down really well, setting picks and whatnot, a couple of really good plays, a couple of accidental alley-oops because the right bumper is uh, icon passing in the new 2Ks. So if you're going back and forth between games, that will happen. But 0- 06 is a very fun game to play these days and no, I'm looking forward to making it work.
1: We enjoyed it. Uh we had a, we had fun during that experience. Still wild to me that we can play NBA Live 06 in a season together um in 2021. And um it's going to be, you know, I think another fun year in 2022 on Parsec. I think we're going to be using it a lot and um yeah, I, I think with NBA Live '06, like you said, the, sh- the the gameplay is fun enough where you can still have some fun with the existing modes and content. So I think that's that's a plus. Um, you also got an NBA Live '06 highlight in the this week's top ten. It was a Steve Nash Amari Stoudemire pick and roll uh, into an alley oop, and it gave us probably the best thumbnail that we've had on for, for any top ten.
0: It was a fun game that one. And I have been playing some games. I've been sending you some highlights, obviously, as I was doing during my two K fourteen kick as well, and some uh, some weird moments here and there. But that that was a fun game. That was a, a great highlight. Uh, I feel anyway. I was chopped to seat in the top ten as uh, as always. It's just look. I've got two K twenty two to do my my NBA and my my team, and maybe I maybe I will dabble with my career here and, here and there just to if nothing else to comment on the story. Uh, but I'm not concerned about getting to 90 overall or really playing it that much. I will dabble, while mostly playing my NBA. But I and to that point, having that having that season in 06 over Parsec, I, I like having that old game for us to play. Just just as we do with On Fire Edition. This classic game that we know we can enjoy and it's it's something different. I mean, there is probably things that you and I could do with 2K twenty two, but you've already got that with your with your brothers. I've got my stuff that I that I'm enjoying doing with 2K twenty two. So this is this is special, and this gives us a retro game that we can play together. It's an era of the NBA that we both enjoy. In fact, thirty five point three percent of my team plays enjoy that era as well. Or well, part, partly that era, partly the twenty tens. So I'm looking forward to it. I think we could create some good content on it as well.
1: Yeah, the highlights we share with people are gonna be awesome. I didn't tell you this, I actually got my brother to play NBA Jam on Fire edition for the first time. Oh yeah, what do you think? Um last night. We played two games um first we played it on the default level i think you see i think it's rookie um and we used the celtics he, his favorite player of all time is kevin garnett um so he lo- he was on Car- garnett and i was on pierce and, and we took down the computer um at, he got used to the controllers probably right after the first quarter then we were like you know what we took down the computer by about 40 points here um let's ramp it up and play it on real ai And so we played it on real AI and we blew him out again and he picked it up real fast. And he said that he thinks it's the best NBA jam ever made. He really enjoyed it. Um, and I have the road trip with you. So I think I might try to get him to do the season mode on NBA jam 2010. Uh, and just like beat all the teams and whatnot. I think I could get him to do that. But, uh, He had some really good highlights with Garnett. And like he said, it was just really fun. Like the gameplay is just really fun. And it's reactive and all of that stuff. So I was glad to get him on the sticks on NBA Jam on Fire Edition because like I said, he had never played it before.
0: It it holds up. I mean, we wouldn't be playing it if it didn't and having as much fun as we've been having with the road trip. Uh, I'm really glad uh, that he felt so strongly about that because I I feel that it is the the best in the series I certainly has a a case for it and is one of the best arcade basketball games of all time as well road trip is such a fantastic mode that got rid of a lot of the repetitiveness of that a lot of arcade games sort of had that repetitiveness in their campaigns and it manages to avoid that for the most part there is some as we said the other week you could have some more games that change it up with the different conditions and, and different challenges and whatnot they could have Especially for the gold level challenges, they could have gone a little bit crazier with that. But at the same time, keeping it having a lot of classic two uh, v two is also a, a good decision in its own right. But I'm really glad to hear that he had uh, that you had fun together with uh, with that game because uh, I can't recommend it enough. And and it is still available on both Xbox and uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. So if people want to grab that, uh, I think it's worth it. You, you can't get the roster updates anymore. Uh, you will get the official updates that come through the title updates that come through the dashboard. The roster updates, unfortunately. Uh, with the servers being discontinued. But it, it, even with the default rosters, it is still a it's still a blast to play in uh, in 2021.
1: You play it on the Series X, actually. Uh, you and I play on the Xbox One where I have it. And then him and I played it on the Series X because we already had it hooked up. So, um, yeah, I have it on both because I'm crazy like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it was fun. And, and you also had an NBA Jam on Fire Edition highlight make the top 10, um, which was a... Rebound by stretch when we were using the street team, you know, a spin move into a crossover, which staggered your defender into a 360 one handed jam. And I thought that looked really cool. And obviously the fact that it was the street team, it made it extra special. So um, unfortunately, it couldn't be number one because VF Baller just had to submit a Bulls versus Lakers highlight from Sega Genesis where Jordan is in the passing lane and he gets a steal and then he finishes with a loud one-handed jam following the steal. And how could that not be number one? If you're bringing Bulls versus Lakers to the top 10 and sending me that highlight, you win.
0: I, I'm not mad about losing the, the number one spot to that. Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm not mad about, like like everybody else, I'm not mad about my spot in the countdown. It's just cool to see the highlights in there. Uh, I know I send you a lot of highlights, Starting to post a few of them on the NLSC socials as well. And uh, and to that point, I I put a a Travis Outlaw one out there. Of course, Travis Outlaw, a video game legend for us.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me. So he played amazing in that NBA Live 10 game that you and I played. That was really fun, by the way. I miss playing those Live 10 games that we were playing. But it's hard for me to call somebody a video game legend until they've had like – Huge monster performances. But the problem is is that it, we're only playing like five or six minute quarters. It's really hard to put up the, the huge scoring numbers, right? Unless you're Delonte West, who's now a video game legend. But yeah, yeah I, I saw that highlight and it brought back flashbacks of our NBA Live 10 game um, that Travis Outlaw two handed dunk that you did on NBA Live 06. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's great. And I think people love seeing that content. And I hope that you continue to post clips because i mean people need to see how well these games still hold up both graph graphically and animation wise
0: no 100 percent. and we have talked about our, our various video game legends before but i did throw it out there as kind of an unofficial mailbag topic for this week and and ask people who their video game or the, who their virtual hardware legends are and uh Shout-out to, uh, to Leo at uh, Real Kiwi Mamba. Leo, of course, is a member of uh, NLC Thrillho. Uh, in NBA 2K20, uh, Tyson Chandler in his uh, My League was a virtual hardwood, uh, hardwood legend for him. Uh, Kenny at Kenny Young. That is, of course, Kenny of the NLSC team. Uh, Andrew Nicholson and Aaron Flalo, uh Supersonics legends in his 2K17 uh, My League with the uh, expansion and bringing back the Sonics. And also Josh Childress in NBA Live 06 and 08.
1: Josh Childress, I just got to interrupt this. Listen, Josh Childress gave us nightmares. My brother, Mark, you know, Josh Childress, big fro and all in so many different past video games was like Julius Irving on steroids. You drive to the hoop with Josh Childress and you are posterizing people and he's throwing up threes like he's Steph Curry. Like Josh Childress is just dominant in past games and his fro, I swear it gave him an unfair advantage. Like he was just that much taller.
0: Oh, and may, dominant. Maybe about seven foot. You talk about the original stretch. Right. And uh, also shout out to uh, Daniel of Louisville on uh, Instagram, who responded, uh, Adam Morrison, NBA Live 07, original Xbox. Uh, yeah, Adam Morrison. I mean, you talk about the legend of 07. He's had the great mustache commercial. My mustache speaks to me. And he was a a brand athlete for NBA Live 07 that year, of course. Had, did a couple of other commercials and and I know, I know of course uh, lady culture a big fan of adam morrison as well uh adam morrison absolutely a virtual hardwood legend
1: the thing about adam morrison is you could use him like larry bird so the, with on the xbox version of um nba live 07 you defense really doesn't affect good shooters so we noticed that when we were using larry bird and trying a legend season my brother and i you just A guy is right in your face, he's contesting you, and you can just shoot on him and just make it over and over and over again. So I'm not surprised to see that about, you know, hear that about Adam Morrison. Same thing like I've talked about on past podcasts with Keith Van Horn and Pat Garrity. It's like those guys, defense just doesn't affect them. Walter McCarty too. Like, just throw it up there. Defense right in your face, it's in. Um, My brother had over 100 points with Walter McCarty in the older live games, just because he just couldn't miss even with defense on him. And he was just shooting all over the court. Um, One that stuck out to me that was mentioned was Aaron Flalo, who, again, is just way overpowering in so many past video games because they made his dribbling good enough and his quickness good enough and made his dunk too good, kind of like they do with Tim Hardaway Jr. in the newer games. And he can also just knock down threes at like a Ray Allen rate. So, yeah, Aaron Aflalo, that sticks out to me as well as a guy who I, I've definitely been torched by in the past. And he's kind of a video game legend.
0: And, of course, Pat Garrity on that Magic team that we're looking to use in Live Six Three Sixty.
1: Yeah, I, I I like that Magic team. Uh, we noticed that Dwight Howard is a little bit underwhelming, and that's because it's baby Dwight. Uh, I tried to put him at center with Hito Turkoglu at the power forward spot. That way I could jump over to the point guard at with Francis and have Augman at the, uh, at the two. Um, but Dwight Howard headband and all it's weird seeing him wear a headband in that game. Um, but he's a little bit underwhelming in the game, like throwing alley-oops to him. He doesn't really throw it down. A lot of the time he'll finish with a layup. Um, he's not very effective on his spin moves, et cetera. So, It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if we should just keep Calvin Cato as the starting center and keep Howard at power.
0: Well, I think the real uh, strategy here is to take his headband off and to add the armbands. That'll that'll get the job done.
1: Wait, can we? We can edit that, can't we? We can. In that game, we can take yeah, his
0: headband. We can. Yeah, we should take his headband if I just don't like it. it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't
1: look like Dwight Howard with the headband on.
0: The one thing we need to be very careful of when we edit players in uh, NBA Live 06 for 360 is in edit player not to change the team they're assigned to because when you do that if you accidentally assign them to a team or try to assign them back to the team that they were on and it gets saved uh it will put them in the center spot overriding the player that's at center and cause that duplicate players glitch that i've talked about before so i found the cause of that uh unfortunately there is no fix for it once you do that you have stuffed your roster up but yeah, well at least i found the cause of that glitch so i can be careful and avoid that Derek, and i you know make backups but uh yeah again at least i know what to avoid if i'm messing around with the rosters which i did as you saw the screenshots that i sent you from the various uh scenarios that i set up
1: nothing is more important than making backups
0: absolutely especially if
1: you're a mod or you know that um yeah i tried to create charles barkley in the create a player feature um on the court he looked really good actually um it almost sparked me to try to create the dream team for us to use but the create a player feature is still just too limited
0: as i said in a previous show it's it's strange that there's a lot of depth to it and yet it doesn't pan out like like there's some pretty good morphing tools on paper but actually trying to get a realistic looking player and of course at the time they were doing the best they could but compared to the current creator player you can really tell created players look created do they not they, they their, fa- their facial features are very clearly sculpted fake players
1: Right. But I I think that the saving portion of that for the uh, the Barkley, which I I did keep, is on the court when there's not close ups. Like he's passable, like his body type um, and all of that stuff, like him going to the hoop and throwing it down looks pretty good. Then when you they do the cutscene, that's when there's the problem and you're like, okay, yeah, this doesn't look enough like Barkley to pass he d- 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 looks like d- a creative
0: yeah d- during the uh introductory cutscenes, you know, number four for the Rockets oh that's <laughs> hello it's, it's it's roster player again hello <laughs> nice to see you yeah, back. number four number four roster. you choose player. that Barkley people don't realize though how great
1: number four Charles Barkley was with the Rockets in 96 97 before he got hurt um I think they were something like 28 and three they started off the season or something ridiculous like that they did yeah um And Barkley was healthy. And I honestly believe the Bulls in 97, 98 were vulnerable. And I, you know, I'm a huge Jordan fan and he still probably wins those six titles um, with that Bulls team. But wouldn't it have been something if that, if the 97, 96, 97 Rockets had been healthy, and played the bulls and made it to the finals and played the bulls
0: i mean i, th- I think that's the um, thing that's the series that everybody wanted to see or expected to see yeah yeah exactly that's what
1: i think everybody wanted to see and even expected to see it just would have been titanic um hakim olajuwon Clyde drexler charles barkley versus jordan pippen and rodman it would just have been fantastic um but it didn't happen unfortunately and, and injuries started and, and age started hurting the rockets
0: But thank you again to everybody who responded to that tweet or the Facebook post or indeed the Instagram post about the video game legends. Uh, Let us know who your video game legends are and we'll uh, come back to that on a future show as well. One of the great things about 06, Derek, is that we we know what we're getting. That the game, well, we we can change the sliders ourselves, we can edit the rosters, we can create the experience we want. But that core gameplay experience is familiar and unchanging. And I wrote the Friday Five this week about the five best parts of retro gaming and i mentioned that that familiarity is what makes a lot of retro game retro bustable gaming so appealing that we know what we're going to get uh, compared to to newer games or the current game rather where patches and tuning fixes will come through and the game will evolve sometimes for the worse during the course of the season uh, we've mentioned the issues with live 10 with the second patch back in the day uh, live 19 obviously when they broke the shooting with the last patch Uh, we've seen some of the 2k games have similar issues and indeed 2k 22 is getting some of those tuning fixes pretty much every day you get some kind of content update and tuning fix come through and more people are are complaining about those nerfs and and those nerfs or those boosts bottom line there are problems with changing the game too much uh post-release and and again this is why retro gaming does have that retro buzz gaming does have that appeal of you know what you're going to get no 100 percent. i
1: mentioned to you that uh Every single time recently, over the last couple of weeks that I've logged on NBA 2K22 on my Xbox Series X, it says "Get back to the main menu for an update." Or you'll, you know, the original screen will load up if I have the game like completely off. I turn it back on, and you'll see the update going through in the bottom right-hand corner, like the the ball that um, shows that it's, you know, the update's going through and it's loading and whatnot. And even when they don't announce, I think this is what's also frustrating is they're constantly pushing through updates and tuning fixes and all of that stuff that they're not announcing. Right. There's it there's constant updates being thrown out there that don't get grand announcements, like um, hey, a patch or whatever has been released it doesn't get that it's just like an update and you don't know what it is and you don't know what might be broken and you don't know if your roster is going to be corrupt and you don't know how the gameplay is going to be changed it's just something that they just pushed through i blame this in a large portion on the online scene which um we talk about how they cater to people complaining but at the same time on the online scene there's because of all the mechanics involved in it and how they want to nerf some things and, and all of that stuff and, and change the way people are playing the game. You see more and more patches and more and more updates. And the majority of those updates that happen in for the online scenes, whether it be, you know, for, for, you know, my career, or, you know, you're playing in the park and all that stuff, it impacts the other gameplay modes because it's patching the on-court action and the, the, the way you handle your players, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really nice to go back to the older games because, like you say, you know what you're going to get. And that's one thing that I miss about playing games coming up, you know, through the 90s and, and the early 2000s, you know, up to even 2010, um, 2011, et cetera, um, is the fact that, you knew that that out-of-the-box experience that you, you, know, you first got your hands on, that gameplay is going to go unchanged. Like that is what you're going to get. Um, And then you can get used to that gameplay and just play it throughout throughout its cycle. All of these patches are ridiculous. And I also think it speaks to a bigger problem. I think it's if you have to be patching your game this often, that is a major red flag. That means that it was released with a lot of issues, right? Because otherwise, why would you be patching it constantly, sometimes daily? So I think it's a red flag that over the last two years it's just been constant patching
0: it's the bane of of modern not just modern basketball gaming, but modern gaming in general the the day one patch that the game when the game goes gold it's really not that ready and it, and it speaks to the sophistication of, of, of games the depth of games that there's so many moving parts that they <laughs> the games are destined to launch with more issues and of course you have less than a year to really work on these games when it's an annual release like an nba 2k but but yes it is it is an issue to have that that you you expect to have that day one patch you expect to have at least five or six really major updates uh, per year it's a double-edged sword i mean back in the day we had to beg and petition for patches to be made and even then they would only address a few issues here and there I think they have been able to address more issues post-release, obviously push through content, which is great, not just the live service content, but even just things like roster updates and and likeness updates, and and have been able to address some major issues where back in the day, it would be a case of, oh, well, hopefully they fix that in the next game, where there's at least a chance this year. But the downside is, again, it's a double-edged sword. The downside is breaking things when they fix things, because that is (laughs) the way software design works, unfortunately but also the changes to gameplay, like you say, and focusing on one mode, the most popular mode, maybe admittedly, but there's still people playing those other modes as well, and they suffer for it. Uh, There's pros and cons to, to both approaches. I do like that there's at least a chance that major issues will get addressed before the next game comes out. Back with Live 10, for example, you had the second patch, which kind of ruined the game, and then that was in December or January no more patches for the next six or seven months then of course no game for no new game for three or four years after that as well so that's a whole other issue with nba live but yes too many patches uh we've seen too many patches spoil games before and not just the big patches but also those tuning fixes that they push through every day and and you're absolutely right even if it was just a quick note on twitter from baluba or or another rep for 2k it, it's something that people really need to know about because it does affect the meta, which is obviously a big thing for the micro and it's connected modes, or even just basic core mechanics. We need to know. And it just to, doesn't need to be a huge patch notes if it's not a huge change, but just say, Hey, we, we tweaked this. or we, we changed that and we nerfed this and boosted that. It it would really help.
1: Also, this, this whole thing about skill gap, which absolutely drives me nuts because there isn't a real one really in the game, especially on those online modes and whatnot. Um, all of these patches also ruin any idea of skill gap because basically it's changing the base gameplay experience and either you know altering some of the artificial boosts and altering the ability to get steals, altering the ability to do certain things, get blocks in certain ways, all of that stuff. Um, the gameplay again dramatically changing and you know somebody who was you know, not doing very well with the game as it was by default, all of a sudden after these patches ends up being a superstar, not because they got better at the game, but because the game patched, right? Exactly. Because they changed, they altered gameplay experience. So again, it's ruining that idea of skill skill gap. And that's why I can't stand this stuff. About Sim Nation and skill gap, and all of this stuff that gets constantly marketed and pushed for NBA 2K. Because when you actually look deep down, this is the least amount of skill gap we have probably had in NBA 2K's history because of the game's mechanics, because of all of the artificial boosts, because of all the patching and all of that stuff. Um, there is a much bigger potential for real competition and real skill gap in many prior games.
0: And it comes down to the voices that that they're listening to, the people that that have that feedback and we want them to listen to to everyone and everyone has their own ideas and is welcome to put them forward. It would be quite egotistical for us to say that only we know what's best and that nobody else should have a say. We're we're not suggesting that but you do see other people mentioning this on social media and Reddit and whatnot and in, in forums that they unfortunately do listen to people who are not trying to get better at the game and, and i know that's a getting that's going against my usual uh pushing back on the get good argument but certainly there are there is a learning curve when they do add new mechanics but a big problem especially with the online modes is that at the beginning of the year everybody's in the same boat as far as not being powered up yet and not figuring out the meta and not having the boosts and then the, the online scene does get ruined eventually because everybody works out the meta and works out the build that works the best and everyone's putting out those build videos and, and everyone's contributing to this homogenized experience and again not to beat a dead horse but it is why we don't proclaim a game to be the best ever two weeks in because there are still issues that they're f- figuring out bugs that haven't been discovered yet a meta that may be broken within a month which it kind of has been so and, and again we have people that, that are complaining about this and that or they they want to have cheesy tactics and and they they're the ones complaining the loudest so so two K backs off that initial stance with the with the balance and whatnot, and the balance gets ruined as people both discover the meta and put the pressure on. So it it is unfortunate when that happens.
1: I, I want to point something out though. You, you mentioned you know everybody starting out at you know rock bottom or whatever on the game and and doing that. Is everybody really experiencing that together? Because that's not the case from what I see. Not yeah. everybody is. In fact, those people who pony up that money and who spend more money on the base game and everything are absolutely not starting at the bottom. So, yeah, it's not. And that's part of the problem here, isn't it? Because what happens is, is it's that thing where people now know and expect that if they don't pony up the money at the beginning and they don't spend that extra, that they're going to be at the at rock bottom while those people who, you know, those people who are quote-unquote actually having more fun with the game have put that money forward. That's part of the experience, right? That's part of what NBA 2K
0: does. And it does. It drives the meta. It drives the competitive scene. Of course it's going to influence that. It's, It's going to set the competitive balance. The people who are either grinding ridiculously hard because they've made that into their job or they don't have the other responsibilities that people do. And again, no matchmaking, a lot of other issues there. I mean, you can get used to those changes to a certain extent, and even in the offline play, sometimes you can adjust sliders, if, unless you're, playing, of course, playing my career, NBA side of my career, or my team. Another issue that I think we really need to highlight with the patches is when they break saves. Uh, I, I believe it was uh, BB8 Tech Dad on, on Twitter brought that up. Uh, he lost his uh, some some of his roster saves, or was it his... Uh, well, he lost some of his save data when the patch came through, and, and that that's unfortunately still all too common
1: yeah I, I saw a lot of social media posts on that, and you know the people reaching out to support and support wasn't able to help a lot of them um which is unfortunate in in my case at least I was able to get it back. however, my rosters the- the couple that I had been working on and messing around with those i was not able to get back those were still corrupted and um was unable to open those so yeah i think um I think that all of these patches uh what they do is they can break games like they they have in the past and you know we talked about how they broke NBA Live 19 shooting right um and whatnot so it's not just 2K doing this it's it's EA Sports NBA Live as well so yeah i'm not a fan of all the patches i wish there was the base game that we got and you deal with what you got what you get it shouldn't have this many issues by it shouldn't have this many issues by default and it shouldn't need this many patches let's put it that way
0: and it's also the the double-edged sword of the digital platforms that we have on one hand updates come through automatically we don't have to worry about seeking them out and downloading them from a official site or a mirror as back in the day the downside of course is that you have to work harder to not get the patches on pc you have to back up the executable file on console you would have to uninstall the game completely and then make sure you never go online with the with the game to get those those updates so again it, it's it's easy there's convenience to it and, and streams the experience in one way but again if you want to have that unpatched game as you could back in the day if you just didn't like the game as patched and wanted to play the original vanilla out-of-the-box version now that that's not possible with with all the uh, digital distribution and whatnot right exactly
1: i mean you and i are all about physical copies right for
0: Absolutely. the most part Absolutely. um so
1: i'm gonna try to stick to that uh I, I wasn't interested in the Series S because it didn't have a disk drive. Um, so I ended up getting the Series X and whatnot. Um, we, I think you and I will always be old school like that. And, uh, you know, I am glad that I am that way.
0: I mean, I've got access to Netflix, but I still bought the uh, The Last Dance on Blu-ray because I like having physical media.
1: Yeah, I guess um, the Rocky Four Director's Cut, which my my oldest brother saw, he actually went to the one night showing in the in the theater because he's a huge Rocky fan. As am I. I love those. The Rocky movies are some of the best ever made. Um, I guess that I, I want to get my hands on the physical copy of that so I can see all the scenes that um, were in the original Director's Cut. I think that would be really fun to watch.
0: But that is the bane of modern gaming. There's obviously advantages to it too. I talked once again. I talked about the. Uh, the best parts of retro basketball gaming in this week's Friday Five. Upcoming Friday Five is the worst parts of retro gaming because there are drawbacks to that as well. And just as a, a preview of the two weeks after that, will be the best and worst aspects of modern basketball gaming as well. I will continue to play two K twenty two with probably mostly my NBA. We'll be playing the 06 season with you once we get that going and some other of my other retro gaming. Actually, as we as we wrap up here, Derek, I did want to mention. I've been doing some research for a an article, a Wayback Wednesday article that will be coming out, uh, players that, uh, that appear, appeared in the NBA but never appeared in video games officially. Kind of a reverse of another series I have where I look at players who appeared in more video games than actual NBA, real NBA games. And I was looking back because you mentioned a few players, I, I mentioned it to you when we were talking off air about this, and you brought up a couple of players from the uh, infamous 97 Celtics team. So I was doing some research and I, I popped in uh, NBA in the zone too, just to make sure that some of those players hadn't uh, made it onto those rosters. And for some reason, uh, Junior, you remember Junior Burrow from Celtics? Of course, know. I do. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, he's a he's a roster player in in the zone. I don't know why they don't have the rights to him. I mean, MJ, yes, is... luckily, yes, but he's a roster player. Number eighty. He's, That's very odd. He's Celtics forward number eighty five.
1: <laughs> why? You, gotta, you got. I don't know. You got to you got to include Brett Sabo though in oh, yeah. that article. He actually started a handful of games for that 96-97 Celtics team. They acquired him a little bit later on in the season. I actually showed a few highlights of him um, recently on Twitter. And it's the only season he played in the NBA. Um, you know, old school looking player with his goggles and whatnot. Um, But that was the infamous ML car tanking season for the Celtics where they were tanking for Tim Duncan. They only won 15 games. They had a plethora of injuries and whatnot. Um, But yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun article to go through. Um, And like I said, you got to include Brett Zabo, Celtics legend, Brett Zabo in that.
0: I will. Ha- I will have to. There's a couple of players from that Celtics team that uh, that didn't make it in there. I did check. Thomas Hamilton, as I said, was in the PlayStation version of NBA Live '96. So there were a couple of other players. I just need to research because I do have 18 at the moment. But I think with some of the Celtics, it's going to be around about 22, 23, and there's probably more. I do. I've been trying to focus on the ones that have kind of have a prominent story and whatnot. Your uh, your Trevor Winter, who has the uh, the record for most fouls, uh, an average of uh, 36. Uh, Fouls per thirty six minutes, um, <laughs> because he played the uh, the one game and had the uh, had all those fouls. Um, but yeah, uh, look look out for that article. Uh, there, uh, there's eighteen players on there at the moment uh with uh, with your suggestions, Derek. There's probably going to be at least twenty one, twenty two. Might be a few more. So yeah, I think it's interesting to look at that. The, again, the players that ended up playing in more appearing in more video games than real NBA games. Of course, you got Jamison Curry who has the who played what. 1.4 seconds or three three seconds for the, uh, the Clippers against against your Celtics back in 2010 but he appeared in Live 09 and Live 10 so he's got more of an appearance on the virtual hardwood that I find those very interesting tidbits to look at that and both NBA history and video game history combined for the way back Wednesday there but this is flipping the script on that and looking at the players who yeah just never made it into games despite being in the NBA I, I think that they're both uh, interesting topics and hopefully other people feel that way too.
1: It'll definitely be a fun read. Hopefully, enough people share it too, where you know there gets more eyes on it. Uh, do you remember? I think it was Master P. Remember, he played uh, preseason with um, the, the Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Raptors. Was it yes. Master P? Did he ever show up in a video game?
0: I I don't know if he's ever been a a, a character like like an unlockable character. He he was never there as uh, I, I remember somebody making a, a cyberface for him back in Live Two for Live Two Thousand back in the day a, a mod. But I don't think he's ever made an official appearance. I mean, possibly on a celebrity team maybe i'd have to double check as good an excuse as any to pull out the games and check but and, and again that's what i love about doing it way back wednesday pulling the games out and playing them again and doing the research for them uh very nostalgic and, and you get some interesting tidbits uh in the zone too obviously i know you uh have had some great memories with that game as well
1: yeah i played a lot of nba in the zone too i um i played a full season and of course back then I was just trying to get through the season to see all the presentation elements and get the championship and whatnot, and I played two-minute quarters. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of fond memories with NBA in the zone, too.
0: Definitely an interesting game and some good elements for the time. It's probably not going to be my rotation, uh, as, again, 2K22 is, Live 06 is. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing some more of our road trip because we started on the Eastern Conference, and I'd I just love to get through all of that and, and also finish, finish road trip completely and beat those uh, – beat the jam bots because because they can be quite challenging as well so i, I think we're going to have some fun times ahead moving into 2022 as you said with with parsec supporting some online multiplayer it's going to be a lot of fun
1: yeah it'll be good um you know for me as far as what i'm going to be playing and i'll be playing live 06 co-op with you MDA live 10 tournament games um as long as i can stay alive in the tournament um be playing more on parsec with people like our bat and you know whoever else wants to you know jump on a game with me and whatnot my nba 2k22 my nba with my brother we're going to try to finish that season uh with legends um nba 2k17 three-way co-op um with both of my brothers um we have two seasons going actually three seasons actually going on that game right now we have just an all-time drafted team um we have a all-time excuse me our a Celtics a makeshift Celtics team from players from 94 95 96 97 and 2001 2002 and then we also put together a makeshift all-time Lakers team that we've been using for a season as well so we have three different seasons going on me and my brothers with NBA 2k17 yeah I mean I have a lot going on um, basketball gaming wise and I really wouldn't have it any other way there's just t- there's so many options for me Right now, so many different ways to play and so many different ways to connect that I'm satisfied.
0: Which is what it's all about. You know, we, we do have our criticisms, obviously, but we do enjoy our time on the virtual hardwood. But uh, that has brought us to the end of episode number 401 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to let us know what you're playing and share your stories of the virtual hardwood and, of course, your virtual hardwood legends. The NLC podcast comes out every Sunday, of course, on the NLSC, mv live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, just to name a few. On those platforms, search for NLSC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Or keep streaming on the NLC, of course. As we always say, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. And so that we can keep the conversation going, and of course, make sure that our content gets to you, we'd love to connect with you on social media. So Derek, what are your handles and any other final words you have this week?
1: Oh, keeps submitting those top ten plays. I love getting the highlights. I think the top ten this week was really solid. Um, love seeing new submitters. Um, I get them sometimes on the NLSC, so definitely keep that up. Uh, and obviously, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. We're on the most active at D for three eighty four, or my gaming channel at D for three G. I am on YouTube D for three, and I'm a team member over on the NLSC D for three.
0: I am Andrew in our forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook, at The NLSC. We're on Instagram, NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube is YouTube.com slash Center, And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week. So thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.